was something that had to be molded all by hand. Looked at it, you know, I, I was looking at the, uh, a piece uh, that Steve made for us, you know, with the, with the lettering of the church on it, and, and, and every, every letter was cut out by hand. There's something unique about it, but it, 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 it brings something to, it, it taught me that anything of value requires effort. Yes requires the handiwork and it, and when you look at it you are God's masterpiece you are God's handiwork amen and so I pray may the uniqueness of the grace the power and the glory of God blow through you amen father we give you praise we give you glory and honor for just taking the time to make us we know that sometimes the process is not easy Sometimes the process is not short. It may be a long process. But anything worth of value, anything of worth, takes time. So today, Lord, we ask, make us. Make me an instrument. An instrument of worship. I lift up my hands in your name. Oh Lord, that your breath may pass through me. Lord, that you would be seen in everything that we do and everything that we say. That we give you glory, we give you honor. So this evening, even in this place, we declare, O oh God, that there is the presence of the Lord is in this place. We declare, O oh God, that there is, O oh God, an open heaven over this house and over the lives of your people. That those that are even listening in today and joining online I pray even in their homes even in the room where they are in oh God just enter in that room walk in that room Lord by your spirit by your spirit by your spirit just show up in every household I speak healings to take place as we begin to worship I speak deliverance to take place as we begin to worship I speak oh God anointings for breakthrough and restoration to take place as we break through even into your presence tonight. We honor you, we honor you, we honor you. Come on. We honor you, we give you praise. Thank you. 
the storms that we are facing, from the challenges that you are going through, and that today we declare that you are rising up, you are rising up in God, you are rising up in God, you are rising up in God, and I declare that God is the lifter of your head, He is the lifter of your head, He is the, the great I am.
when we enter into the presence of God, everything else falls away. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And what we do, we say, Lord, we're just here to just give you our best. Yes. Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we have chosen this day, Lord, to be like Mary and to yes. sit around you, yes. Lord, when we could have been doing so many other things. Lord, I pray that whatever God you have in store for us today, let it be a blessing unto our hearts. But more than anything, Lord, help us to grow. So I pray that you will bless your word unto our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, my, my exhortation, I'm not going to say study, I'm not really doing a study, but my exhortation is from uh, our, our scripture for the year. And I don't know if you still remember it, but it's Philippians 1 and verse 6. And it says, being confident that he who began a good work in you will carry to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, for those of you that read the book of Philippians, but it is such a feel-good book. When you read it, it's so positive. It's everything, the way Paul speaks to the Philippian church is so practical. There's so much of joy when you read this book. And I really enjoyed it. It's a short book if you want to take on the challenge of just uh, being blessed and just read uh, the, the book of Philippians. It's, it's really a very good book to read because especially in a time when you're not feeling so good about the world and not good about yourself or not good about stuff, go to the book of Philippians and listen to what Paul has to say, not only to the people, but to the church. And although, like I said, it's a book about the joy of the Lord, but I think that it's more about being partners in the gospel. Because that is what Paul, when he starts to starts off the book, he says this is that we are partners in the gospel, which is very important for every one of us to know in order for the kingdom of God to advance. That we're not standing alone, or that we're not allowing other people to walk this race or walk this walk before uh, uh, without us or for us. Now, the, the main thing is this: we need to understand is that God is not finished yet. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's good news. Yep. Amen. Because Amen. let's face it, if we look at the condition that the world is around us, if we take a look at the condition of the church, if we take a look at the condition of our lives, and if that was the end of the story, we would be in big trouble. So God is not finished. Yeah. He is still working. Amen. And for us as the church and as individuals, it's a good news. So when Paul is speaking in the book of Philippians and he starts off, he says this, we are partners. If you are, part, if you are a part of the church and if you belong to the church, then we are partners. In verse 1 he says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Jesus Christ at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons. Now when he speaks to the people, he doesn't just speak to those that are leading or those that are uh, 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 affluent people. He speaks to people from all backgrounds. Yeah. Because when he says, he says, I'm, I'm speaking to the, uh, he says, grace and favor to you, to the bishops, to the deacons, to the saints. And when we look at the people that he starts to speak to, in the book of Acts chapter 16, you will find that there is Lydia. She was a wealthy women of high status who dealt in the purple, uh, in, in the dealing of purple cloth. And we know that they, these women were sitting at the river and when Paul ministered to them, there was a great revival that took place there. And then we see also the Philippian jailer. We all remember him when, when Paul and Silas were in the jail and when they started to worship, what happened? He said, what's gonna happen to me? He wanted to run out. And they said, you and your household are gonna be saved. These are the people that Paul is speaking to at Philippi. Also, remember the young woman that was following Paul and the, and the, and the apostles, and she was crying out and uh, praises to them. She was a, woman, a young girl that was demon-possessed. These were the women that were saved, the people that were saved that Paul was speaking to. So there's no difference in who you are. You can be an affluent business person. You can be a jailer. You can be a young woman that you're walking on the street and you will be the ones that God will speak to you and encourage you and say, you are partners in the gospel. Amen. Yeah. So for many of us, we think, you know what? It can't really be for me. 
one that will be a partner in the gospel that will be able to give out this word. The gospel is one thing that will unite every one of us. Yeah. Whether you're from whatever background, we know here at Potter's House, we have people from different social, racial, economic backgrounds, but when we come together, there's nothing about who we are, yeah. Yeah. but it is about who God is. Yeah. Because all we want to do is not only to build ourselves up, but we want to promote the gospel. Yeah. We want the world to know who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, that is what he says. He says, go into all the world and preach my gospel. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say just to one or two. He says, go ye yeah. into all the world. So we, who are we to differentiate and who are we to say that I'm not the one that you can use? In Galatians 3 and 28 it says, There is neither Greek nor Jew, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The gospel brings us together. Then when he says we are saints in Jesus Christ, we all of us use the excuse, I cannot be a saint. Because when we think about saints, for those of you that know of the old TV program that we grew up with, you all remember the saint? Right, Bonnie, you should, because we are the same age group. There's always this guy that used to come with a big circle around his head, like, you know, and that he could do no wrong. But when he's addressing the people, and he said to them, you are saints and believers, it means that we are set apart. Is that it means that God is doing something in us that is setting us apart and preparing us to do the work of the ministry when he calls us the saints. And then when Paul is speaking, remember when he starts off in verse 1, he says, he, he doesn't start off with, I'm an apostle of Christ or I am the one who founded this church or anything. He just says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. We are, whether we are leaders or whether we are just members in the church, we are partners together. And some people may say, you know what, leave the work to the pastor, he should preach. Or leave it to the missionary to go out into the world and let them do the work of the gospel. But here when Paul is speaking to the church in Philippi, he's saying to them, we are partners together in this gospel. Then when he goes on in verses three to five, it's, it speaks about how God began a good work in you when you received him. God began a good work in you. The moment you, you decided in your heart, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. It is at that moment that he began a good work in you. And what we need to understand is that when he, when he speaks to the, 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 the Philippians, there's such a, a joy inside of him when he speaks to them. In verse 3 it says, I thank my God every time I remember you. That means they made such an impression on him. Paul went and started churches all over the place. If you read in the book of Acts and all of his missionary journeys, you will know how he went from one part of the world to the other and he was founding churches and, and building up churches in places. But it is to the Philippian church that when he starts to speak to them, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Every remembrance of you, uh, and there's a mention of your name, brings a prayer of thanksgiving to the lips of Paul. You know, when we, when we look at us as church, how many of us, when we think of people, can we say, it, it, I, on every remembrance of you, I thank my God. It's hard. On every, imagine if I have to think, or somebody had to think of me, are they going to thank God every time they think of me? Am I living my life in such a way where people, when they immediately, when they just have to think about me, they say, I thank God of every remembrance of you. Because that is the life that we ought to be living. Yeah. That when people have to just think about us, they think about the good things. They think about what impact we are making. They think about how we are blessing others. Let it not be that when people think about you, they think about the bad things. Isn't it? Some of us, we, when we have to think about some people in our lives, it makes us, oh, I just wish they were never a part of my life. But here, it, when, 
when Paul is speaking, he says, I, 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 I thank God on every remembrance. What a marvelous testimony as how we should, as the body of Christ, should view each other. That is how we should view each other. That's a kind of testimony. Do we thank God for each other in the body of Christ? Do we, do we at the mere, at the, uh, is it at the mere mention of another believer's name spur a spontaneous prayer of thanksgiving to God? That I have to say, you know, when I think about this, brother and sister, Lord, I thank you for what they mean to us. If others in, in other churches, when they look at Potter's house and they see all that we have done and all that we are doing, all they have to say, I thank God on every remembrance of you for what you are accomplishing in the body of Christ. That is where we should be going. That is why when Paul speaks, he says, I am confident that he who began a good work in you, he will carry it to completion. So he's working. We cannot say that, you know what, I, uh, this is now my time, I'm, you know, uh, I just have to sit down and relax now and let others do it. There's never a time for retirement yeah. in the body of Christ. Whether we with a walking stick or whether we blind or whatever is our handicap or whatever, we should always have a praise on our lips and a testimony so that people are able to, uh, to, to come to know of the saving grace of God. Why does he always, why does he say you are partners? He's, not only does he say, I thank God on every remembrance of you. In verse 5 he says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Which means they never gave up. From the time that he spoke to them, and from the time that they gave their hearts to the Lord, from the time that the church was founded, up until the time that he's writing to them, he says to them, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day till now. He says, in all of our praise, I will pray with joy for you. How many of us, when we pray, do we pray with joy? Or are our prayers filled with our needs and our burdens and our cries and our tears and all of those kind of things. But are we praying with joy in our hearts to say, Lord, I'm just so thankful. Yeah. I know I may be in a circumstance right now, I mean, it may not be everything that I want, but I am joyful mm -hmm. because you are my God. Amen. And whatever you promised in your word, you are going to bring it to fulfillment. Yeah. Whatever prophetic declaration over my life, irrespective of what is happening on the outside, because it's inside of me, that which is inside of me must arise in a point where there's always joy in our lips. When people look at us without our masks or with our masks, they must see the joy. You know, they say, when you smile, you must smile with your eyes. So I know if you're smiling at me or not because you will smile with your eyes. Whenever you're, when your cheeks spread, what happens? Your, your eyes light up. It lifts up. So I know when you're smiling. So we need to understand, masked or unmasked, the joy of the Lord must be our strength. It must be our testimony in this time. When he, when he speaks in, in Philippians 1 and verse 6, it says, God will finish the good work that he started in you. So the first thing we learned was that we are partners in the gospel. The second thing is that God has begun a good work when you received him into your life. How many of us have the joy of the Lord that we had when we first gave our hearts to him? Through the way, through circumstances, through things that happened in our lives, that joy is waned. That feeling of excitement and passion and desire that we have for God, over time, it wanes. But we have the promise that he says, he, who is he? God Almighty. Not any man, but it is him. And because we received our salvation through Christ Jesus, it is him 
who began the good work, he's going to finish it. When Paul speaks, he says, I'm confident of this. When he looks at the church in Philippi, he says, I'm confident. What does confident mean? It means I'm fully persuaded, without a doubt. I'm so confident because I know you, I know you, I know you, I know you. I know the grace, I know the favor, I know your passion, I know your desire, I know your love for God. And I know that because, because, of, of, because I know you, I am confident in the fact that when he's, he who began the good work is going to complete it. You know, when we talk about uh, us having a, a, a having received Jesus into our lives, we always speak about if anyone is a new creation in Christ. We, we always say this, we become a new creation. Um, I, that, that scripture just slipped my mind. But in Psalm 138 and verse 8 it says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. That's what Psalm 138 and, eight, uh, and verse 8 says. He says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose yes. for me. Amen. So I want to encourage you today as a people that are here, as a church, as an individual. When we receive Jesus into our lives, there was justification for us. And justification is, uh, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God yeah. through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justification has to do with the past. Because when we come and we receive Jesus, we are justified. Which yeah. means that he forgets all those things yeah. that are behind us. It is we who carry those things with us in our, in our new life with God. And, but, but with God, we are justified. He says we have peace through God. Many of us don't have peace because we're still carrying those things. Many of us walk with our shoulders bent because we have burdens. We are carrying things from the past. And then we understand, once we have finished, uh, we've gone through the justification process and we realize and know who we are in God, then we are sanctified. And in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 and 24, it says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord. Sanctification has to be do with the present. It's what's happening in our lives right now, which means that every day, God is working. So we cannot be the same person that I was yesterday, or that I was a week ago, or that I was a year ago, or 10 years ago. When I look at myself today, I have to see change. Yes. Amen. There has to be change. I cannot, if I was an person that was filled with anger 10 years ago, and today I'm standing and I'm still filled with anger, then God is not working. Yeah. That's actually, God may be working, but we are not receiving. Yes. Yeah. Because God is willing. He says, if I began the good work, I'm going to I'm going to finish that good work. But the only time that work is not getting finished is because we are not allowing God to do it. We are not pliable, like when Pastor started off the meeting, and he said we're not pliable in the hands of God. Now imagine if he has to work with a lump of clay that is hard like a rock. He can't do anything with it. He said he'll be cast it aside. So we need to understand today that this, the sanctification process is a continuing work and if he began that work, it's a continuing work. And then he says, until the day of Jesus Christ. Yes. Until the day. That's when glorification takes place. Yes. When we leave this body and we leave this earth and we are glorified in the presence of God. Because at the end of the day, that is what we look forward to as believers. We can't just say, I'm saved, and then that will be it, and then I'll wait to go to heaven. No, it don't work like that. I'm saved. And then our God is working through me day in and day out. My life is changing. And I'm being prepared for a better place. Yeah. I'm being prepared, being prepared to meet Jesus again. That means when there's a sound in the clouds and the trumpet sounds, we are ready to meet yes, him. Amen. And 
so when, when Paul is speaking to this church here, he said to them, he says it's not just about you as individuals, but it is you as a church. Because as individuals, we can only do so much. Come on. We can only do so much. I can only reach so many people. But collectively, as all of us representing the body of Christ, we can do so much. And so when he's speaking, he's not only just saying it's just to you as a person, or it's just to you uh, as a family, but it is to you as a church. As you as a church grow, the body of Christ is strengthened. The kingdom of God grows. And when that grows, when people look at the, they, they don't just see just a church, they see a formidable army. Yes. And not only that, but when an army is winning, what happens? People are attracted to it. People want to be on the winning side. And so when we stand up as a formidable army and we are on the winning side, people want to know what we have. What do you have? What is it in your life? What are you getting from church? What are you getting from the gospel? What is it that the gospel has done for you that I, I want a part of that? I want to be a part of that. I want some of that what you have. People must be, must be greedy for what you have. They must not just pass you by and not you not have any impact on their life because God is doing a good work in you. Not a bad work, not a favorable work, but a good work. And coming from, coming from God that he's doing a good work, I can say, you know what? My God cares about me. Yes. My God loves me. That even when I come to him and he knows that I falter and I fail, that there are things that I don't do sometimes in the right way, but I'm not condemned by him. But he continues to work through me. He works, he puts me through the fire, Pastor Gerald. He puts me through the fire and yes, I get burnt and yes, I get hurt and yes, things happen. And yes, I feel depressed sometimes and yes, I'm in a dark place sometimes. But God is working because at the end of the day, there's a testimony that comes out of that. We don't allow those circumstances to bring us to the ground and drop us where we can't wake up again. Because God is doing a good work in us. Why do these things matter? Why does this scripture matter to us? World believers are gathering. All over the world, men and women of God are being encouraged and encouraging their people and building each other up. And we know what this pandemic has done to the church. And so there's a, there's a whole new burden on us as the people of God to say, let's do something. Yeah. We're not going to sit back and just allow things like how we used to in the past. We say, if people don't come, let it be on them. No. It must not be on them because they may not be strong enough. We don't give up because we are partners. And as partners, we feel for one another. If you have a partner in your business and it's a legitimate partnership, what would you do? You work hard, both of you. Because you know at the end of the day, the rewards are not just for one person. Yeah. It's for everyone. It's for both of you. The profits that you're sharing, it's for both of you. It's, same, it's the same way in the church. When we look at the rewards, it's not just for me. It's for all of us. Yeah. Because we are together. Let us focus on what God has placed before us. When we take off our focus, that's when we lose what God has placed in our lives. You know, we always say, let Jesus be the center. Let him be the center. Let not anything else, not our, our marriage or our spouse or our families or our children or our grandchildren or whatever it is, let it not take our focus on what God has called us to do. Because everything else is a blessing. That is why in Matthew 6.33 it says, seek he first. Seek first what? The kingdom of God. And then all these things shall be added unto you. That's such a, it's a simple scripture. We say it all the time. But it's the secret of what all these things shall be added to us 
is to seek first the kingdom of God. And then the last thing is that we need to hope and guard against discouragement. When Paul was speaking to the Philippians and he talked about talked to them and he said, I thank God on every remembrance of you. I pray for you with joy in my heart. What was he doing? He was encouraging them because he knows that people get discouraged along the way. He, he understands that in, in, the, in, pers in our personal growth, we will have challenges. And so when somebody comes to you in the moment of your challenge and tells you, I thank God for every remembrance of you, what does it do? It boosts up your faith. Because irrespective of how you feel about yourself or about your circumstance or what is going on around you, but if somebody comes and gives you an encouraging word and tells you what a blessing you are to them, it immediately lifts up your spirit. So we need to hope and guard against discouragement. How? By blessing one another. We don't have to always take something and give to somebody in order for them to be blessed. Because that's sometimes what the culture of church is. When we say we come and give you something, then you need to feel good. But sometimes some people just need to hear that God loves them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people just need to hear that, that there are people that are thinking about them. That, that is why sometimes it's so important for us, as, as those of us that are partners in the gospel, to, to reach out to those that are not coming to church, to reach out to those that are struggling, who we know are struggling. Because some people don't want to say it. Let us have hope, give hope to people, and let us give them encouragement, because that is what Paul did. God is not finished yet. He's not finished. When Pastor spoke about, on Sunday, about faithfulness and fulfillment, and he spoke about fruitfulness, that's what actually brought me to the scripture, when he spoke about being fruitful. He said, the axe is waiting at the root that caught me so, it, it really got my attention. I said, God, I don't want to be chopped down. Yeah. Come on, didn't you think yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. So ready that axe is waiting there at the root. That if I don't do, if I don't bear fruit, I'm going to be cut down. I don't want to be cut down. I want to be one that will bloom and blossom and give fruit so that other people, when they come to me, they get good, tasty fruit. And they want to have what I have. So we end this evening with Paul saying, and me saying, I'm confident Amen. that he who began a good work in you will carry to completion until the day that Jesus comes. Let's just bow our Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you that you are not finished with us yet. Thank you that you are not finished with us yet. Yes, Lord. That we are a work in progress. And all we say as your children is that we are in your hands. Mold us, shape us, Lord. Use us, put us through the fire, O oh God. So that we can be instruments and we can be vessels, Lord, that will be as partners in the gospel. Not doing it on our own, Lord but I'm lifting the body of Christ. And so I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters, for all who are listening, those that are here, those that are online, on every remembrance of them. Because people may have cast them aside, but we always think about the good things, Lord, about the blessings that they are to us and to the ministry. And so I pray that every spirit be uplifted tonight, and Lord, even when they lay their head on their pillow, they will know that you are doing a good work in them. So we thank you and give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name.